Hello, and welcome to the Pursuit City Church podcast. Our mission is to lead people to know the love of Jesus Christ. Our prayer is that you will feel encouraged as well as challenged through the Word of God. If you need prayer or want to share your story, please send an email to info at PursuitCC.com. Get ready to enjoy this message. God bless. Can anyone relate to that approach? It is a really good movie. Go watch it. Can anyone collateral beauty? Can anyone relate to that approach to God? Where we experience hardship, where we experience loss, when we experience brokenness, that we choose separation, we choose division, and this is how we approach God sometimes. You broke me, you left me, and I am all alone in the midst of my brokenness, in the midst of my circumstance. And if you are so good, then why? Why am I in the midst of this situation? Amen. Can anyone relate to that approach? Because I can. Because sometimes life gets so difficult. It gets so hard. It gets so trying that his goodness doesn't make any sense. Because sometimes we have this understanding. That if I experience death, if I experience loss, then surely God is not good. And if I can experience abuse and if, and if my life is hard, if, I, if I'm faced with, with hardship, then surely God is not good. See, that's the approach that we have to God's goodness. And this morning, I want to challenge that perspective, I want to challenge that mindset that the goodness of God is only related to the presence of good things and the absence of bad things. I'm going to say that again. Sometimes we approach the goodness of God that, God, you are only good if there's no bad thing in my life. The absence of bad things in my life and the presence of good things That's your goodness. But I'm here to tell you that this morning, that it couldn't be further from the truth. It couldn't be further from the truth. As as you saw, the response was, you're right. You're right. I got to be careful with this step. If you remember the first time uh, Matt preached, he, he almost took a little stumble, so I had to, like, test the edge. All right, it's right there. But sometimes... That's what we say to God. We view God through this perspective. And I wrote here that this approach, this perspective of God's goodness, right, is a conditional outcome-based understanding. Now, what does that mean? That sounds like I just put really good sounding words together and made a sentence. But think about it. Conditional outcome-based understanding of God's goodness. That means that God's goodness is like an off and on switch. It's conditioned. It's outcome. A plus B equals this. And that's kind of how we calculate 
God's love, that's how we calculate God's goodness, that's how we calculate God's mercy, God's forgiveness. Like it's a giant formula and if this plus this will equal this, but I have A and I'm missing B, then what is happening? What happens when that formula doesn't work? What happens when the equation is wrong? What happens when you follow the recipe and it doesn't come out the right way? Well, then we have this approach where we say, God, you're not good then. Amen? And so this morning, I want to dive in to the word about a man in the Bible that questions this approach. In the midst of his situation, in the midst of his circumstance, his approach is very different than what I just talked about. It's not a conditioned approach. It's he understood. He understood that his circumstance was only an opportunity to taste the goodness of God. Okay, and I want to talk about David. And just a quick backstory: if you don't know who David is, I'm just going to give you some bullet points, okay? And I just want you to remember these points because it's really important when we dive into this scripture. So backstory on David. We know that he was anointed by God, okay, to be king. So God's Picked him out, okay? So it was like he looked at all of David's siblings, all of David's brothers, and he said, okay, you're the one. You're going to be king. I'm, uh, anoint him, okay? We also know that this journey from the point that God anointed him to be king and where he actually becomes king, it was a 15-year journey. Yeah, somebody said, wow, you can say that again. 15 years. So can you only imagine a word being spoken over you and you not seeing the fulfillment of that word until 15 years later. And we get upset because we're in a circumstance and we've only prayed for five minutes. And we automatically say, God, you're not good, but I've only been praying and trusting for five minutes and you haven't showed up. So then you're not good. You're not coming. But yet, David, 15 years, and it wasn't the easiest year. So we also know that within the 15 years, David experienced both favor, but he also experiences hardship. And part of that hardship is that the king at the time, which is King Saul, is pursuing him and chasing him to kill him. Because David finds favor not only with the king, but he finds favor with everyone around him. Long story short, he's like mighty. He's getting a following. The king finds out, wait a second, David's too good. He's uh, shadowing me. He's taking all the attention. I got to kill him because he's my replacement. So he goes off. David takes off running. He's on flea. He's running. And right now, where we're about to dive in, David is in a cave. And he's by himself. Okay? Before he got to that point, though, so he finds out that king is after him. He takes off running, and he finds himself in the Philistine camp. And if you don't know the relationship between David and the Philistines, yes, David was the one that killed Goliath, okay? So he finds himself in the middle of this camp, and they find out who he is. He's like, wait a second, this is David, the one that killed Goliath. What is he doing here? Can you only imagine being caught up in that position? So what David does, he, he acts crazy, so he can get away. So they release him, and he's on the run, and this is his approach to God. Okay, I have three bullet points. The first one is our approach to God. 
I'm going to dive in, and then we're going to circle back to each of these points, and then I'm going to camp out on them, and we're going to learn, and we're going to grow, and it's going to be good. Amen? Amen. All right, one thing I do like is not a quiet crowd, so when you want to say amen, say amen. When you clap, clap. You want to shout, shout, throw a shoe, do something, but God is too good to be quiet. All right? He's way too good for us to be quiet. Okay, so Psalms 34. We're going to go ahead and dive in. This is David's approach. The title of this section is The Happiness of Those Who Trust in God. So if you're not happy, listen up. Because David's about to give you exactly what you need. Amen? Amen. All right. 34 says, I will bless the Lord at all times. Everybody say, at all times. Be careful what you say. I may say repeat after me, but be careful because you know what you asked for. God is like, surely I will give it to you. All right, so it says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Remember, this is David, and he is in a cave on the run, and this is what he's saying. Let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord, and he heard me and delivered me from all, everybody say all, my fears. This poor man cried out, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear him and delivers them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Y'all better be ready. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. There is no want to those who fear him. The young lions lack and suffer hunger, but those who seek the Lord shall not lack any. Say any. Good thing. So right here, I could just close this up, and that could be the message. Can you even imagine what David had gone through previously? Okay? Can you imagine what David had to go through previously to have this type of approach to God in the middle of running because someone is out to kill him? Can you imagine I believe that David can have this type of response to God because he had already seen God on multiple occasions come in and save him, come in and bless him, come in and cast out the darkness, come in and save. Can you testify this morning? If you can take a look back on your life, can you testify to how many times God has stepped into your circumstance, stepped into your situation, and showed up at the right time, opened up the right door at the right time, broke down the right door at the right time, freed you at the right time, cast out the enemy at the right time, paid the bill at the right time? Can you imagine... Can you imagine then showing up in a situation and this is the response to God? I will bless the Lord. Because I, I can't. Sometimes I get it wrong. I mean, right now I, I would say that me and, and my husband are in this trying process. Trying process. And every time we get a little bit close 
to see in the finish line we get knocked back down. And we try again and get knocked back down and try again and get knocked back down. And every single time we're hit with an obstacle, I have a choice to make. A lot like David and a lot like you. I can do two things. I can bless his name or I can curse his name. And each one has an outcome that's going to affect the rest of my life. And so what we choose to do, what we have learned is just take a glimpse at where you have come from. Not because you have done it. Not because you have saved yourself, but because God has performed. God has showed up. Amen. And that is what David is saying. You can't have this type of approach to God if you have never been through something for God to save you from. So the next time that you're in the middle of a test or middle of a circumstance, what is your approach to God? Are we questioning, God, you ain't, you, you ain't good? Because I'm in the middle of a circumstance. See, David, David says, wait a second, I've been here. I've been here before. I've been tried before. I've been where my back is pressed against the wall. I've been here. This tastes familiar. But what also David is saying is, this right here, this circumstance, gives me the ability to identify the goodness of God. He doesn't lean on his own understanding. And, and as we continue to go through this story, you'll see that he not once leans on his own understanding. He doesn't choose to magnify his circumstance. He chooses to magnify God. Because whatever you magnify is all that you are going to see. And what you see is what you're going to believe in. Let me say that again. So I, I told you guys, I, I, don't like, I don't like the quietness. I grew up with a family of 12. It, always, it was always loud, so you got to be loud, okay? Let me just say that again. When we're in the middle of a circumstance, it gives us the ability to identify the goodness of God. So that means whatever I choose to magnify is what I am going to see, and what I can see is what I will believe in. So if you're in a circumstance and all you are magnifying is your circumstance, then that's all you're going to see, and that's all you're going to believe in. So if you're magnifying doubt, that's what you're going to see, and that's what you're going to believe in. If you're magnifying depression, that's all you're going to see, and that's all you're going to believe in. But if we can step into a situation and magnify the... Woo! Come on. But if we can step into a situation and choose to bless the Lord, to magnify God, to praise him continually, my soul boasts. See, there's a cause and an effect here. This is what David is saying. If you bless him, if you praise him always, your soul will boast in him. Your boast can be prideful in him. This is the only time you can be prideful as a Christian. Is when you're blessing the Lord. Amen. That's the only time you can be prideful is when you're blessing the Lord. So we understand that our approach matters. 
And see, I like, I like verse 3 right here. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Now, here I, I said that David is by himself. So who, who is this we he's talking about? Magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. If he's by himself, who is he talking about? I believe that we never go through a situation just to go through a situation. I believe everything that we go through has a process. There's a purpose, amen, for everything that we go through. God is in the center of every situation. He doesn't take a break. So I believe what he's saying here is when we are in the midst of adversity and we take an approach to God, there's a call of action that takes place. So we, there's one thing just to show up, right? So he's saying, okay, David, you're telling me that my approach matters to worship God, to magnify him, and then I'm able to identify the goodness. Okay, if any of those things that we just talked about, those are action words, right? If you, if you are blessing something, that means you are speaking, and if you're speaking, then you're in movement, so that's action, right? Okay, now, now let's go here. If you're praising something, again, you're using your words, so then that's an action. If you're magnifying something, then that's another action. So sometimes we want to show up and just be like, okay, God, do your thing. I'm waiting. God, I am here. Do something. And then we feel privileged to get upset because God isn't moving. But David is saying, you got to put it into action. You can't, just, you can't just know what to do and then show up and be like, do it and not do it. It's like showing up to the gym. Right, sis? Showing up to the gym, loading up the bar, and standing and being like, I'm going to get strong today. I'm going to lift this weight, but I'm never going to lift the weight. And we, and we take pictures of it. And we post about it. And we hashtag and we tweet and we like, but yet we never go and lift the weight. That is a lot like how we show up. That is a lot like how we approach God. You know it. He has sustained you with it. He has gifted you with it. And you don't ever put it into action, but yet we blame him for not showing up. Sometimes you got to do it. So David is like, I'm in a cave. I'm going to bless him. I'm going to magnify you. I'm going to worship you until you show up and until you deliver me, until I am able to identify your goodness in my life. It's not okay just to show up. It's not okay. It's not okay just to come to church. You got to do something. You got to do something. You got to put your faith into action. You got to put your worship into action. You got to put your praise into action. You got to get moving. Everybody say, get moving. Get moving. It is not enough just to know. 
Amen? All right. I stayed there too long. Move on. Get mo- See? Get moving. Everybody tell me that. Get moving. Get moving. Got to jump in. I got a time. I got a time limit. And every single time I leave and I go to Pastor Matt, and I'm like, hey, I did good, right? I was under the time. He said, no, you preached for 45 minutes. <laughs> every single time. I don't know about y'all, but every single time that happens to me because I get on these little rants because God is just so good. All right. Next point. Psalms, we're going to keep going and we're going to come back to a section. That's how I like to do things, to emphasize what, what the word of God is saying. So we're going to go ahead and go to verse 4. Six, seven, and that is it for this section. Okay, so we talked about number one is our approach to God and what that does and the effect it has on our life. Now we're going to read these next things, and it says, I sought the Lord, and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. This poor man cried out, and the Lord heard him and saved him. Out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear him and delivers them. You can't speak about it if you don't know about it. Can't speak about it if you don't know about it. And David knows about it. Amen. So right here, what is David saying? First thing, our approach. The second is seek after God. We think that it's enough just to be saved, and it's not enough. You got to do some things. Amen? So David is saying, seek after him. And when we seek, there's other scriptures that says, when you seek, you will find. When you knock, it will be open. When you do all of these things with all your heart, David is saying, seek him. And look at the, if you do one thing, this is what happens. I saw him, he delivered me. I cried out, he heard me and saved me. And not only does he hear you, deliver you, and save you, but he says, you know what, now I'm going to surround you. So what happens when we seek after God? We are shown how his goodness works. See, remember the whole message it's to challenge the perspective and the idea that God's goodness is only when good things are happening and when bad things don't. That is the whole point of this message. And I believe someone needs to understand the goodness of God this morning. And so when you seek after him, you are shown how his goodness works. So I, I, I broke it down even, even to the base of it. How his goodness works is that God hears you. Somebody needs to hear this. God delivers you and God saves you. That is how his goodness works because we are undeserving. We are undeserving. We don't deserve to be saved. We don't deserve to be delivered. We don't deserve it. And that is the hardest thing to understand about God's goodness is how, how does it work like that? If I am so undeserving, why are you chasing after me? Because God just wants to be one with you. How does God's goodness work? Is God hears you, God delivers you, and God saves you. 
All your father wants is to be close with you. Because what circumstances do is it creates distance. A lot like what we just watched. When we go through a situation, it creates distance. Or it can. It has the possibility. Let me put it like that. It has the possibility to create distance if you allow it. Or it has the possibility to get you real close and personal with your father. So if you're truly at a distance from something, right, can you truly see and know and understand what it is about if you only stay at a distance from it? No, you can't. But if I am close and I am personal with it, then can I see, can I understand, and can I know it? So that is a lot like God himself is we have a choice to make. We can stay at a distance in our own understanding and perspective and say, this is all God is to be. I'm choosing to only see his goodness, his mercy, his grace, his forgiveness through this perspective at a distance. I do not want to be close. I do not want to experience. But David is saying, but when you seek after him, you become a little bit closer. When you choose to magnify him, you come a little bit closer. And the closer you get, the more you know, the more you see, the more you understand, the more you experience. And that is exactly what God wants you to understand this morning. Is if you're at a distance, do not be afraid to come close. Don't allow your circumstance to keep you away from God. Allow it to push you and propel you closer to God. Because that is only where you'll be able to identify and understand how the goodness of God works. A lot like David. Amen? Amen. Ooh, I think I'm going to be on time today. Oh, yeah. Look at that. I'm already on point three. We're getting ready. We're going to dive right back into worship. All right. Point three, I would have to say, is my favorite. Verse eight through ten. This is, and, and I'm, I'm going to encourage you guys, if you don't know the full passage, because of time, I'm not going to read the whole thing. But I encourage you to go read the rest of this passage. Because it is really good. And, I, and David just reiterates and emphasizes on some really good points in here. But verse uh, eight through ten. Oh, taste and see. Everybody say, taste and see. Mm-hmm. I know y'all hungry. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. There is no want there is no want to those who fear him. The young lions lack and suffer hunger, but those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. Wow. So it is important to seek after God. Because if you don't, if you don't, you will never have the rest of what David is talking about. You'll never see him fully come through for you. 
if you don't seek after him. So I want to break down, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. So here I, I broke it down. And so to taste means involves, it involves testing, it involves sampling, it involves trying something. To see involves perspective and understanding, okay? So if we put this together, that saying, taste and see means try and experience. So let's read that. Oh, taste and see. So we're going to change that and say, what did I say over here? Try. I'm making sure you guys are paying attention. Oh, try and experience that the Lord is good. Jump. It doesn't get any better than that right there. Oh, try David in the midst of his circumstance in a cave. Is speaking to you and speaking to me. He's saying, he's urging us, God's children, to discover the goodness of God by personal trial and experience. If you, if God chose to save you from every hard thing, every bad thing, and you never went through any of those things, could you have the opportunity to experience his goodness? No, it's not possible. It's not possible. It's like when a parent has to spank their child. Amen? It's a lot like a parent having to spank their child. I, I guarantee it doesn't bring joy unless you're my sister and they're like, boom, you needed that. Okay, but sometimes, I, sometimes it's probably like, man, yeah, they deserve that spanking. But I guarantee no parent is just going to find joy in having to spank their child. There's no joy in that. I'm not a parent, so I don't know yet. But there's, there's no one, no one's like, yeah, I get to spank my child today. And, and you're like, go to the corner. Wait for me when I get there. And you're like, oh, I get to spank him, I get to spank him. And, and you're showing up excited to spank your kid. There's no joy in that, right? If you could erase all the moments, you could. And I bet you you would, but you wouldn't. Because there's a lesson to be learned there. Through the spanking, as crazy as it seems, there, there's experience, there's a lesson, there's learning. So we can say, God, you're not good because I have to go through trial and I have to go through circumstances and I'm experiencing brokenness. Or you can say, wait a second, this is an opportunity for me to taste and experience the goodness of God. <laughs> Amen? Because that is what David is saying. This is an opportunity for me to taste and see that God is good. So if you're in the midst of a certain, because I believe that this morning, God wants you to experience him. And it's hard to grasp. Lord, I'm in a situation that I have no control of. I'm broken by somebody else's actions. This is not fair. This wasn't my doing. So why am I here? Have you been there? Because I have. I've been there. 
where I had to receive brokenness and pain by somebody else's actions and I had no control. And those are the hardest moments to understand that God can still be good in this situation. It's so hard to understand. But God is saying, it is okay because I never take a break from you. I'm constantly coming after you. Because in this moment, you can try me and you can experience my goodness and I'm going to show up. I'm going to save you because I hear you, I'm going to deliver you, and I'm going to save you. That is my goodness. Amen? And that is what David is saying. Oh, taste and see. Oh, come and try and experience my goodness. Amen? Worship team, you can come back up. Yeah. I told you I would be on time. I want to emphasize, emphasize, that's my word today, so that means Gilbert's going to tease me about that. Every time I'm done here, he's always like, babe, you said, you said this word like 50 times. And so the rest of the day, he like repeats it. So emphasize, he's going to be like, emphasize, emphasize, because like, that's just my word today. I don't know. I'm like, blame God. It's not me. Blame God. But I want, I, I want to tie in the, the title, right? to the end like where we are right now and I said God wait a second this is backwards I have to preach this message and yet I still don't know what your goodness is I've talked about our approach and how our approach gives us the ability to identify God's goodness and then I talked about seeking after God and how when we seek after God that shows us how his goodness works but yet you still haven't shown me what your goodness is. So I know you're asking me because that was my question. What is your goodness, God? And I want to emphasize taste test because I've already mentioned that that is an opportunity. Every test, every obstacle, every hardship is a test. It's a chance. It's an opportunity to get you to a point to experience the goodness of God. So what is God's goodness? I know you're going to want a drum roll, and I know you're going to want, like, confetti to fall down, and it's this huge thing, like, but it really isn't. It isn't. And even I was having trouble because I was like, God, it can't, it can't be that simple. And he's like, no, yes, it is. So. I don't understand. So what is God's goodness? Are you ready? It's very simple. God's goodness is his unconditional and constant pursuit after you. That is his goodness. And no, I didn't uh, tie in the word pursuit because this is pursuit city. I just thought God was clever when he said it that way. It is that simple. The goodness of God, guys. And if, if you're one that had, had this perspective, let's go back to it. If you are one right now, and even right now to this moment, you're like, yeah, right, Jasmine, that's, that doesn't sound right. And you still have this perspective that God's goodness is only registered by the absence of bad things and the presence of good things. I'm here to tell you again 
that that is a lie. God's goodness is his unconditional and constant pursuit after you. Because you need to remember that we don't deserve it. We're undeserving. We're broken people. We're sinful. We are conditional. People around us are conditional. And we tend to put that experience and, and that perspective on God. But God is like, wait a second. I'm unconditional. You can get it wrong a hundred times. And I'm still going to pursue after you. You can never get it right. And I'm still going to pursue after you. I'm still going to chase you down. Even when you doubt me, even when you turn away from me, even when you harden your heart, a lot like Howard, even when you think I'm not good and I'm not going to show up and you question, I'm still coming after you. Go ahead and stand. And see, my last scripture is also from David. I, I, I didn't give it to you guys. And this is the same guy that we've been reading about. This is what he says. Surely, surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life. And I will live in the house of the Lord forever. If you think you are too far gone for the goodness of God, think again because he's pursuing after you. He's chasing after you. And so I want to close with this opportunity for you. If you've never experienced the goodness of God, I pray that this morning every thought be seized. That if you have not be seized, every situation is you're free from. I believe that if you haven't experienced the goodness of God, that this morning there's an opportunity that lies before you where God wants to truly allow you to experience Him. Amen? Truly experience Him. With your eyes closed and your hands lift and your arms high and your heart open and your mind at peace, Lord, I pray that this morning, God, I pray that this morning, where every person stands, I pray, God, that you become the center. You begin to invade. You begin to change. You begin to transform. You begin to break down. You begin to free. You begin to build up. And most importantly, God, you allow them to experience your goodness this morning. Yes, Jesus. Just go to that place this morning and allow yourself to experience the goodness of God. Thank you for joining us this week. Our vision is to plant churches that are life-changing. If you would like to support our ministry, you can easily do so by visiting our website, PursuitCC.com. Also, follow us on all social media outlets by using at PursuitCC. Thank you and God bless.